This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell from the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Nigel Marsh, welcome to Better Reading. Hey, good morning. And we meet again. Yeah, it's been 20 years. It has been 20 years. Can you believe that? It's a long, a lot has happened in that time. I was working at Random House and you had just published a book. Yeah, so I I wrote a book called Fat, Forty and Fired. Mm. Uh, And so I remember you fondly from those days. Yes, Uh, I was the marketing person on the book. Yeah. And and that that was, um, I, I mean for a whole host of other reasons than the person who wrote it. That was like a big success. Yes. I got a very, you know, the cover was great, the publicity was great, I mean, yeah. everything was great. Yeah. And in a way, uh, it's funny because my my book writing, publishing experience what was unusual. Mm. I mean, normally you don't write a book and then all those things. I mean, so incredibly yes. lucky and fortunate. Yeah. Uh, yes. and, 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 but so, so I remember yeah. that, that very, yes. very fondly. <laughs> I think people are fortunate. I mean, you know, I speak to a lot of authors on this podcast, as you know, and people are so generous in thanking us and thanking um, marketing and publicity people, which I totally appreciate. But really, it's about the story and about sometimes it's the timing of the story and when sto- and how and when stories resonate as you would know and i think at the time your idea was so fresh and no one really had talked quite frankly about being 40 yes that that, that, that people have said to me that it's sort of started a genre so so after fat 45 there were quite a few yeah. uh similar and, yeah. and in fact one author took me out um for for lunch to apologize because uh, he thought i'd be upset because he basically ripped off oh, right. but yeah. anyway, and i i i didn't mind at all but but it uh turned out mel gibson's brother Oh, wow. <laughs> but also, well, you're just a trendsetter, right? Well, I, I, well <laughs> maybe once in my life I fell over a trend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let me introduce you um, because we are talking about a different book. You're not 40 anymore. It's called Smart, Stupid and 60. Nigel is the best-selling author of the book we just talked about, Fat, 40 and Fired, Overworked and Underlaid, uh, Fit, 50 and fired up. He's also the co-founder of Earth Hour, founder of the Sydney Skinny and the award-winning podcast, The Five of My Life. He's in demand as a public speaker. You've got a TED Talk, uh, which talks about work-life balance, which is what you were talking about with Fat, 40 and Fired, weren't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so my writing is not a huge creative leap. It's yes. my life. Yes, I, that's I, I right. write how I talk yes. and, and it's just... It's and just, how you live. And how I live. It's just it's yeah. me and my thoughts. Yeah. So your um, TED Talk is one of the most viewed outside of America. Wow. So he's here today. Um, we're going to talk about his new book and you would have got a sense that you know, uh, Nigel and I know each other. We met 20 years ago uh, when I was in publishing and you were writing. You were also working in advertising, if I remember correctly, at that time. Yes. So so I, it's interesting, is my life hit a very significant road bump, which Mm. led to me 
taking a year and writing Fat Forty and Fired. Post, what was the road bump? Uh, lost my job. Um, and I was at the age of 40. I had four kids under the age of six. I was fat and alcoholic and in a country where I didn't know anybody because I'm a, I'm a pom and I just emigrated. So it wasn't looking particularly good at that time. And, and, and I decided to try and change my life in every way. And, and it's difficult to explain now because certain things have worked out. But then none of the things that you and I know have subsequently happened mm. were, were on the cards. I'd mm. never written a book. I'd never mm. done a paid speech. I'd never done a po- – you know, none yeah. of that. I was just yeah. – was. I say just. I was a, a advertising professional who had had a conventional career. Yep. And, then, and it's pretty linear, wasn't it? That's you, right. You know, and your career was linear. That's it. And I was spat out the other end. Yeah. And, and, and no one wants an unemployed, fat, alcoholic, mm-hmm. 40-year-old advertising person. Anyway, so mm. bizarrely after – Having written that book, I then got straight back on the hamster wheel. Mm. And that's part of why I think the book uh, resonated with so many people. It wasn't, oh, I've, I've had a life change and I've gone off and be a shepherd and, mm. and write poetry mm. on the mountain. It, it's, I've got kids, you know, a mortgage, I've got mm. a real life and help, mm. what am I going to do? Mm. And if you were to have interviewed me two years after going back to that job, I would have been in... in basically as bad a situation as I was two years before writing Fat Funny Five because you, you get, mm-hmm. it's quite hard to, you know, to ride the tiger and be the woman or man you want to be. If, you know, my life had changed, I came to lots of decisions and... I'm quite cynical when it comes to that because I speak to a lot of people who do TED Talks about work-life balance and who do TED Talks about your inner self and how to find happiness and, and I'm quite cynical about all of that. Because I think most people don't practice what they preach. And I don't believe it unless I see it. And I think in terms of applying a lifestyle to the way you live your life has so many factors that are outside of your control. You might want to go and live in Tibet and, you know, meditate in a mountain, but that you've got four children. I mean, there's so many other factors. When when I've been working on that for 20 years. Yeah. And and that's uh, largely what Smart Student 60 is about, where, where, you know, where have I ended up? Yeah. Um, and it's... It, 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 I was talking to someone yesterday where I have inadvertently started a personal 7-Up. Mm. That wasn't what I... Yes, it's it, a document, know, yeah. When I wrote Fat 40 and Vired, I just wrote yeah. it. But now I write one once a decade. Yeah. And, and so this is my catch-up on yeah. how I'm going authentically. Mm. You know, no, no I, mm. I, I've got... Um, and I have to say this carefully because I love and respect to anybody who writes and publishes a book, but I don't feel I have the right to do a self-help book. The people who write books instructionally mm. is this is what to do. Mm. Now, now, just for me as a reader, and I, I read a lot, that doesn't sit well with me because I tend to think, well, A, who are you? Mm. Uh, and B, you don't know me. Mm. So, mm. so I, 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 I don't feel I can write a book saying this is how you should live your life. It wouldn't enter my head. But I do think I've got the right to write about what I am doing and what I am thinking, hopefully in an entertaining way because the book is funny. And that secretly between you and I, don't tell anybody. You're not recording this, are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Secretly. (laughs) I hope actually will help some people. Mm. But it will help them not because I say, oi, what you should do is, you know, be nicer to your wife or or give up drink or or do exercise or Mm -hmm. read or meditate. It's because 
they might look at some of the things that I have discovered myself that work for me. Mm-hmm. And in just saying that, hopefully with an entertaining story, yep. they might go, ah, I wonder, you know, it, it worked for that clown. So maybe I will, you know, that that's my approach, not... Well, you know. absolutely. And that's that's really how I take in information as well. I mean, always listening, always reading um, and always learning. I learn so much about um, people just through this podcast. But it is really up to you in terms of how much you apply to your life and what you're going to do. And most recently for me, my mother died um, in April and you've had that experience mm. too. And the grief was um, overbearing, you know, um, and uh, and you would know this. I mean, you know, she had a great life. Um, she didn't die abruptly young. She didn't die in a car accident. Uh, she died as old people die and she had dementia. But there was still a shock afterwards. And for me, and and, and I want to talk to you about your experience, is how do, you, how do I run with this? You know, how do I run that my life is no longer the same? You know, and I think it is the awareness as you get older. Like, you know, had my mother died 20 years ago, it would have been a different scenario on so many levels. But on this level and at the age of 58 for me, is how do I deal with this? And I really had to intellectualise it as well as dealing with the grief. Those things are so personal. Yeah, and, and grief comes in, well, I mean, obviously different people have different experiences, mm. but it, for me I find it, it comes in unexpected waves. Mm. Uh, and my dad had dementia. That was a very sad mm. uh, end of his... Hideous uh, disease. Uh, awful. Ten years in a home. Yeah. That, that's terrible. And, and then so mum was ill and alone and in, in UK. Since her passing, there have been... Um, which is only only a year ago, there have been moments where, it, in an attempt to <clears throat> entertain her <clears throat> and stay connected with her and, and, and hopefully provide some yeah. love and, and connection, I would regularly send her random pictures, just, just, just completely. Mm. So even like, you know, between walking to this office, oh, I might mm. see something and I take a picture and I just, because of the wonderful iPhone, mm. I just press send and then go, what do you think of that? You know, so, so, they, so I try and send her, yeah. you know, I mean, almost one a day. Yeah. You, you know, just, just, just crap, basically. But so yeah. she's got a human connection. And since then, uh, it, it's less and less as each month goes by. But I'll think, oh, I'll take a picture of that for mum. Yeah. And then I think, well, well, you won't, you numb nut, because mm. she's under the ground. Mm. And, and, and sometimes I think, well, you're an, mm. you're an idiot. Mm. You know, she's dead. And other times it hits me like a punch in the stomach. You go, gosh. Did... And I don't know if you had this experience, but my mum was a matriarch. She was very much the head of the family, without a doubt, and probably the largest. My girlfriends, we often laugh about this, how they were scared of my mother, you know, all our lives. And I've got a group of girlfriends that I met in primary school and we're still really good friends. And they were always so frightened of Antoinette Arkell. So she ruled with an iron fist. Um, And so that absence has really changed the way that I live my life. Right. That is really, like, I guess it might be a little bit different because your parents were overseas. But for me now, I have really needed to learn to live differently. That is fascinating because mm. my, I'm not playing for sympathy here, I don't deserve any, but but I, I had a very different relationship, it sounds like. Mm. I was sent to boarding school extraordinarily early. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, as it, it was a trend over there to do that, yeah, wasn't it? In yeah. the UK. So, so yeah. I mean, now... It, would probably be illegal, mm-hmm. uh, I'd imagine. Child abuse. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but so, I mean, loved them both dearly and they were both wonderful parents and people. But I had to learn to be independent. I mean, mm. I'm talking 
mm. you know, from the age of six. Mm. You, you know, it's down to only two. You, mm. you, you couldn't rely on anybody apart mm. from yourself. Mm. So it, it was a different situation for me. I mean, you know, mm. lo- love them dearly and very sad when they were ailing and they departed. But but it wasn't. They weren't. Sounds awful. They weren't central in my life. No. And, no. And in fact, I spent considerable energy, and and I write in this book about in the last two years of my life, trying to build, not not rebuild because we never fell out, but but trying mm. to build a level of intimacy mm. that if you come from a repressed middle class military British family, might never have been there. Mm. That doesn't mean they don't love you, but no, they, but, no, but, it's but just but, different, yeah. just completely different. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I would. I mean, I remember when I said to my dad, would you like to have dinner? And he went, why? I went, well, you know, dinner. And at dinner he said, you know, are you getting divorced? Do you want money? And I go, and I go dad, no. I just, just, you know, yeah. do you fancy a starter? I mean, I just want yeah. to spend some... <laughs> and so, uh, so. Interesting, because I, um, I went to see Jonathan Franzen recently. Um, he was out here, as you probably know. I've seen him every time he's come out. I love the books, but I'm not quite sure how I feel about the person. Very, very abrasive. But I, for some reason, I'm drawn to it, right? So anyway, here I was again, third time he's been to Australia, the third time I've been to see him. But he talked, he talked, because the new book Crossroads is, you know, it's family drama. But he talked about um, Americans and the relationship they have with parents because it was for, for a long time, it's changing now, but everybody left, left home and went somewhere else. And they didn't come back until Thanksgiving or Christmas. So the relationships that they had with parents as adults were very different to the relationship they had with a parent when they were kids. That really triggered something for me because in Australia, we don't do that. We don't go that far. So my parents have been central to my life all of the time. Right. Yeah, it's not interesting. It is. So, so, it's cultural. Yeah. So, so you and I have many similarities in our journeys, I think, yeah. especially with the the, the corporate world, but but a totally different family setup. Mm. So so not only did I leave yeah. home, um, you know, basically at six. Uh, it's a literally Were you at six s- when you went to boarding school. I was actually five. Wow. Yeah, but and, and so so from that day on, I spent more time not at home than at home. Yeah, wow. Because terms are longer than holidays, yeah. um, and then left to go to yeah. so from five to eighteen at school, mm. at boarding school, and then went away different city for university. Mm. And then after university, went to London. My parents didn't live in London; they lived in the country. And then mm. went to Australia. Mm. Well, there you go. I mean, that's why did you come to Australia? Purely for a corporate job, right? And this is this is in Fat Forty and Five as opposed to the, the, the Smart Stupid and Sixty. But is I, I was on a you know a classic career trajectory, uh, you know, working in advertising, and was asked to run some agencies mm. in Australia mm. and, and big agencies. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was mildly successful. Yeah, <laughs> in my day, Cheryl. Yeah. Do you know who I am? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, so I came to Australia to, to, to be the big cheese running yeah. these these two uh, advertising agencies, and you know, long story short, the worldwide company closed them nine months uh, after right. I arrived. Right. So I had been sent around the world to do this job and and, and was doing it quite well, I I humbly suggest. And it was close for other reasons. It was was a global merger of a holding company, nothing to do with the companies in Australia. But this amazing thing happened where after the life that I'd have and the conventional life and slightly weird schooling and upbringing, I'm stranded at the end of the world in a beautiful, delightful place where I had fallen in love with the country and the people. Yeah being told, you haven't got a career, but we will relocate you back right. to, to, a, to a different, lower job, you, yeah. you know, or you can stay here and you're, you're on your own, you numb nut. Yeah, wow. And I just had that, 
I'm going to give this a go. I am going to change my life. I, mm. I, you know, I, I get it. I've got a sense of humour. That's yeah. you know very funny. You've you've dumped me. That's fine. Mm. I'm going to back myself. I don't know where it's going to lead. I hadn't written a book. Had no intention of writing a book. I, I, but I'm going to take control of trying to design the type of life that I want. That doesn't mean I can have it, but it yeah. does mean rather than in the past. And there's nothing wrong with this, and many people do it. And that's fine. Is is you don't decide. You slide. You you you. you you get a degree, you get a job, you get a promotion, and you just sort of you get have some kids, and, and, you're, and that's fine, and, mm. and that's great. Yeah. But you go, actually, I don't like the the path I'm on, and that's perfectly fine for other people to be on it. It's perfectly fine for me to have been on it. But my rules from now on, my rules. Yeah. No drinking, not overweight, no corporate bullshit. Yeah. I, I I didn't get married to not see my wife. I didn't have kids to not see my kids. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, and if that means I'm gonna be a pauper. Yeah. And have to live, you know, in a, in a cardboard box, uh, you know, fine. But uh, these things, the things that are important to me will be at the centre of my life, not at the edge. Mm. And so, like this weird sort of, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. At the time, it was catastrophic, but the the thought process from it was was heavenly. I feel very blessed. Mm. So, I, But that's because you turned it round. I mean, it could have been catastrophic for a lot of people. Yeah, it could have stayed catastrophic, that's right. Yeah. But 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 hopefully, even if it did, I would have clung to what I... my sounds, sounds so wanky to say my values, but my values and my, what I wanted to be and do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so uh, I, I'm lucky that... I, I then wrote a book and it was a bestseller and then I wrote another one. And, and so, yeah. and, and that's the point of this book is, is it's that same bloke who yeah. when I was writing Fat 40 and 5 was writing about the things we've just been talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, having four young kids, no money, no career, alcoholic, fat. Yeah. Now I'm talking about kids leaving home, parents dying, mm. losing my hearing. I've got hearing aids in now. Y- mm. You know, it, it, it's the same bloke mm. talking it's in the same different. voice. Yeah. But about the challenges that you and I might be facing. At the, I mean, yeah. you look about seventeen, but I, but I'm <laughs> but I'm sixty. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. it, it is is that there's a whole different basket of challenges mm. that I I'm thrilled to to address. Mm. Um, and as I was saying earlier, it's not a. Uh, I'm very passionate about what I call the third trimester mm-hmm. of of a life. Mm. And uh, if you're lucky enough, you and I might live to ninety. And how are you going to fill it? Mm. And my passionate belief is some of the things that might have served you and I well in our second trimester aren't fit for purpose mm. in our third. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean they're wrong in the second trimester. That's mm. fine. So if you, mm. if you have to build a, mm. you know, a career and you, know, if you don't get promoted, you won't be able to afford mm. to buy that very small car that will enable you to drive to your job. And you, know, all, you, you almost don't have to think about it is I'm running to stay alive, to put food into that baby's mouth, etc., but if you are lucky to get to 60 and have your health, mm. it might serve you well to think about what do I, mm. what do I actually want to do for the next 30? Mm. And if what you say is I want to carry on being that lawyer mm. or marketing manager or whatever it is for the next 30 years, mm. yeah, great. I mean, that's mm. genuinely great. But mm. you might go, you know, I've done that. Mm. What, what am I going to do now? Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I look back now at my career and my life and I think there's two groups of people. And there might be more, but I'm just focusing on these two groups of people. People that are suited to structure and corporate life and people that aren't. And I found out very early (laughs) because I left Random not long after uh, your book was published. I found, found out very, very early that corporate life just does not agree with me. It and me did not get on at all. And it was really very unhappy times for me, even though I was working for, you know, a a world-renowned publisher. I was, you know, working on fabulous books. I worked on your book. I worked on Dan Brown. You know, it was really very, very privileged kind of job, but it wasn't for me. I I wrote in my my last book, my 50 book, it could be suggested that the two most important factors for success in corporate life, and I couldn't possibly comment, Gerald, it could be suggested that the two most important factors are, one, the ability to confidently spout drivel, and two, the capacity to unquestionably follow orders given by idiots. (laughs) And and so I had this... we have to be careful because many people haven't got a choice. Mm. But but I am so conflicted by mm. the corporate world. I know many wonderful people. Absolutely. I have many wonderful. Yeah. But there's also mind rotting lunacy, mm. bitchiness, boredom, toxic. Oh, and, and toxic. you look at it, and and so sometimes your head is sort of swiveling around on your mm. shoulders. You go, really? Mm. I mean, can't mm. we be better than this? I mm. mean, really? And, and then the notion. I've got a little cartoon on my phone, which is it's a it's a New Yorker thing, and it's a big boss shaking the the hand of the of, of the new hire, who's, who's obviously a young man, and, and they're both smiling. So, but but the the caption that they're saying is "Congratulations, young man! We've decided to allow you to waste the best years of your life in a job that you hate." And he's well, saying, "Thank you, sir. I'll I'll do my best to pretend <laughs> that I don't hate your yeah. guts." <laughs> I love that. And it's sort I love of that. Uh, part of what might be a benefit from COVID, and I'm so bored with Mm. COVID, but um, it is to enable people to maybe question and take agency. Now, now, I I totally understand that if you have no choice but work in a munitions factory, then Mm. that's noble and good. You're looking after yourself and your family. Mm. But but there are many, many of your readers who actually have got a choice. Mm -hmm. And and I, I mean, one of the lines of my sort of portfolio careers, I I coach a few people, mm-hmm. and um, what happens in a number of those cases is people come to me with what I call the philosophy of despair, mm-hmm. and they say, "I haven't got any choice, Nigel. I mean, it's all right for you because mm-hmm. you, you, know, you you wrote a book and whatever, but mm-hmm. but I've got you know I've got three children again. Well, actually, mm-hmm. I've got four. Well, yeah, yes, but but I've, I I haven't got a holiday house. And you go, well, mm-hmm. nor have I. And, anyway, yeah, yeah. And, and so, but so they they they've got baked in yeah. a hardwired belief that they haven't actually got any options apart yeah. from you know work their way up the local council hierarchy yeah. or whatever it might be yeah. and if you lovingly listen and look at them it doesn't mean they should take the other options you go you've got 
you've got thousands of options, but they're, they're just quite scary mm-hmm. for you to look at. And maybe, back to your point about the two different people, we could look at those options and go, do you know what? Your personality type isn't suited to doing what you and I do, mm. which is sort of fly mm. by the seat of our pants and make things up and do different Absolutely. things and not have a boss, and that's lovely. Yeah. So we're going to keep you in that uh, traditional structure, but we're going to stop whining about it. Because yes. we're, we're going to look at it and go, do you know what? You've got a choice. You can complain for the next 20 years about how yeah. you hate going, but, but actually you like working for the bank, really? Yeah. So, so we're going to stop the complaining. Yeah. And yeah, or... It's a mindset, isn't it? Even yeah. to stop the complaining. You know, depression, I think, is very real. I think it's very debilitating for a lot of people. It's awful. And, you know, I've had my ups and downs for sure. But I think some of us, again, some people can and some people can't. I feel as though I've got a switch, right? So if I'm down... Um, and I've had terrible, terrible moments where I have been. But for some reason, my mind says to me, okay, that's enough. That's it. Tomorrow is going to be the beginning of the new way you're going to think. And I can really, I've got the ability to switch that off. And, you know, it's, it's not a superpower because I am doing all the things to prevent being down in that time. I'm swimming, I'm boxing, I'm walking, you know, all of that, but it's still there. And then I have to say to myself, how much longer are you going to stay in this space or are you going to move out? Right. And I have been able to do that, but I think a lot of people can't and we have to teach them. And it's people like you, like, how do you learn to live with a job that you think you don't like? That's really, it's training and it's mind training, isn't it? So I, um, you know, you never know when the piano is going to fall from mm. the aeroplane and flatten you on the pavement. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, I've, it, I've had a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am relentlessly positive. Yeah. And I, I've passed that down to my children where, where it's just a way of being, which is, yeah. again, why I couldn't write a self-help book because mm. how ir- it's like saying to a person with an eating problem, you know, have a hamburger, mm. how, how moronic, that's not mm. going to help me. So it's mm. like, oh, put a smile on your face. You go, no, no. But, but for me, how I approach stuff, and, mm. and I, there's a chapter in the book, I mean, the book is, it's a comedy, and it's true, but it's a comedy, blah, blah. But there's a chapter in the book about uh, my school that I was sent to at such a young age. It was run by a paedophile. Oh, and uh, the people, I mean, and there's, uh, I mean, you know, you, you can Google Robin Lindsay, and you, I mean, you don't want to, uh, but you know, trust me. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you, you, you're age of five, and you, you're living mm. in a boarding house, and the headmaster's got his bedroom in the middle of the mm. dormitory. Mm. Nice, um, and, and he's there for for thirty years, and you know, it all, you know, he got he got found out, but too late. He got found out after thirty years of grooming. So, if you want, this is just me, Cheryl. So, uh, it's only me. So, when I write these things, I'm not suggesting other people do this but just to try and answer your question about positivity or mindset is I have enough of a backstory that if I wanted to which I don't I could most definitely enter the victim Olympics Yes. Right. I mean, I, I, yes. I, I mean, I could genuinely. Yes. Right. And uh, you know, I could tell in more detail that story. Um, and woe is me! I was yeah. sent away, and not just mm. sent away. I was sent away into the care of a paedophile. Mm. And, and I'm, so I'm not after a medal here. I'm just saying. Just mm. to, so, but but I choose. And and this is why I said about the piano because I mm. might you know have a walk out this office and have a breakdown. But but I I think in some ways for me repression mm. has had a bad press. You go. Mm. I've got it all locked up. Mm. I've decided, that the, mm. I, mean, I look at things and you go, is there anything I can do about the fact that I was sent mm. to the wrong school at five years of age? No. Mm. Uh, how would it help if mm. I, you know, every conversation opened with, by the way, did I tell you what a mm. bad start I had? Well, you know, am I throwing myself a pity party? So my way of dealing with it is not denying that it was shit, mm. 
And that it happened. And then it yeah. happened, but also not denying that I could do all about it. That's apart right. from, you know, get on with yeah. stuff. And and whether it is... So, so my wife and I have this all the time where I, I was injected at birth with a a superpower for decisiveness. Mm. And that does not mean I make the right decisions. I, I'm, I am not saying that. Mm. But what I am saying is if you go, oh, gosh, whether it is tonight, do we have, you, you know, do we have an Italian meal or a Chinese meal? Or do we live in Australia or live in England? Or do I kick mm. in my job or write a book? Mm. Is I'll think about it and, and listen and then make a decision. And never, not for one second, not for one second, Debate it. You go, well, I've made a decision and I'm completely We relaxed. are so alike. We are so alike. And then you live with that decision I and you make it work. And it doesn't mean no. that the decision was right. Okay, no. you, yeah, but I made it. Yeah, yeah. So get on with it, yeah, Nigel. Yeah. Yeah. When I turned 50, I decided and to have a big party. I don't know. I just felt like it. And it was huge. I had 60 people sit down party in the park next door to where I live. It was wonderful. It looked like a big wedding, but it was a 50th. And people kept saying to me that night, oh, gosh, I've never met anyone that's so happy about turning 50. And I thought, no, no, it's not like I want to be 50, but I am 50. Actually, the age I would like to be is 40. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) I'm turning 50. But also, I had friends that had died at 49 and 48 and 47. So I'm going to celebrate being 50. And I ran with that. And do you know, that's really when things change for me. I thought, this is it now. I'm on the downwards. I, I can't believe you just said, told that story because the, 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 there's a bit in the book where I talk mm. exactly about that, where you go, listen, sweetheart, mm. it's a privilege to get old. It is. you and I know people who have tragically predeceased us who would give their right arm to be sitting in this chair Absolutely. with my hearing aids and my aching left knee mm. and my, you know, completely useless career and and they would be thrilled yeah. to be married to Kate and have four kids and talking That's to Cheryl right. and yet you're whining about, oh gosh, I can't play squash anymore. Mm. So you look at it and go, there are people underground and I'm yes. not just talking about your mother and my mother, yeah. I'm talking about, I know people, it's, it's awful. So I get up and think, oh... Every day above ground is a good day. Absolutely. Right? Now, that doesn't mean you aren't going to meet idiots. It doesn't mean no. you're not going to get depressed or have it. But you look at it and you go, yeah, the alternative, unless you yeah. believe in reincarnation or whatever else, or heaven, the alternative is you'll be rotting mm. under the ground. Mm. And you go, well, do you know what? I actually would mm. prefer to be, you know, above ground. Mm. And if I, just my first column that I fill, it's so nice talking to you. The first column that I fill, I, I can't help this, right? Mm. That's just what I do. Mm. So if you say, describe your house or describe mm. your job or describe my podcast or my book or mm. whatever it might mm. be, the place that I go, I can't help it, is the positive column first. Mm. I go, well, it's great, actually, because, you know, the book, oh, I'm publishing a book and mm. it's Penguin and it's lovely. And so I go through all the... the mm. And, then, and you're published by Sophie Ambrose and you're so oh, lucky. we love her. But, <laughs> we but, love her. But then if someone were to say, oh, no, no, what I meant, Nigel, was tell me about how hard it was. You go, oh, sorry, right. And then I'd struggle yeah. and I'd fill up a column yeah. of, oh, oh, you know, I had yeah. writer's block or whatever it would be. Right. But, and that happens. And you go, that's fine. Yeah. So I don't deny the bad yeah. stuff. Just yeah, yeah. the... There's, there's a lady called, um, you, you've probably interviewed her a hundred times, um, Stephanie Darrick. Do you know Stephanie Darrick? I do know Stephanie Darrick. So she said to me ages ago, I think we, were, we met because of Fat 14 and but, but she and I had a lunch and she said to me, you know, I choose positive thinking yeah. because it works. Yeah. It works for me. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, I, I choose to, to assume that you have positive intent mm. in talking to me. I yeah. assume this will be a nice conversation yeah. that someone might listen to. Yeah. Right. But, but they might not. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But in the moment, yeah. I'm, I'm 
I'm choosing that yeah. because it makes me happier, it makes yeah. the conversation better. And and if it doesn't happen, well, fine. Mm. You know, but, but if you come in mm. going, oh. Mm. But, Do you know, there's also, and I want to touch on this because you touch on this in your book too, about things, you know, that p- people have an expectation of the things you need to have, right? And I've been lucky um, to be able to pick up my two great nephews from school every Monday. I made a commitment to my niece years and years ago that I would pick them up on a Monday to give her a break and now one's 13 and one's nine. Great, valuable conversations we've had over the years. But one of them was they started to be aware of money and things, right? And it was Connor and he was in the car and he said to me, Cheryl, if you had all the money in the world, what kind of car would you buy? I said, oh, that's easy. I'd buy a Suzuki Vitara. And he said, what kind of car is that? <laughs> and I said, that's the car you're in. Nice. Yeah. We are brothers from another mother. Because <laughs> I, I, I drove here today in a Kia Rio. Oh, there right? you go. And, and we, we, were going, we were looking, because all my kids, I've got four kids and they've, yeah. left, they've left home. And so, so Have it, they uh, all left? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's, that's part of the book, the, the new stage. So you're looking at, we've got the Toyota Tarago bus, yeah. to get, which you can get eight yeah. kids in, and we got the Subaru Liberty that you can get, you know, seven kids in, and th- that was for, you know, four children, th- th- those cars, both of them 20 yeah. years old, and you go, yeah. right, well, we, we're going to change what car we're going to buy. Yeah. We go, well, get rid of those two cars, because we yeah. don't need eight kids. And then you go, ooh, I quite like the, I don't know yeah. what it was, the Audi yeah. A1 or something. Yeah. And, and you go down and look at that, and you go, oh, that's lovely, we'll have one of those, it's small, and you go, how much does that cost? Yeah. How much? And then you point it the other one there. How much does that thing cost? And yeah. they go, that would be $45,000 cheaper. Mm. And you go, but it, it comes with the wheels yeah, and exactly. the roof and the window. The you thing. go, we'll be buying the Kia, please. And, so. and this is what I'm getting at, that I feel that, and you, you have too, I have lived the life within the means that I want to live the life. And, you know, maybe I could get, I don't know what car he might have been thinking about, whether it was a Porsche or a set, whatever it was, but that maybe if I'd chosen to live that corporate life that that might have happened but it was it was my choice to keep it contained and the way it is and I've got to tell you I feel infinitely rich I was at a dinner party and this is about a year ago now um, and it was the most vulgar conversation at the table seriously vulgar and one of the guys at the table asked me if I was rich and I was like what? I don't even know what that means. And do you know what I said? I said, I am in so many ways. I said, I have got great family. I've got a wonderful job that I love and I've got an apartment that I adore. Yeah, yeah, I'm rich. And he laughed. He thought that was funny that that I thought that that was actually wealth. So so I have to be very careful because I love all these people, but I, um, I mean, it's each to their own. Mm-hmm. So, so if... And, and, I, and I mean this genuinely. If you've done the work and you've reflected and you want to die the richest person in the graveyard, yeah. that is genuinely fine if, yeah. if, if, you, if you work that out. Yeah. But if you have done the work, which you obviously have, and I'm, I'm still a work in progress and detailing that in the books, on it and decide that's not what you want, yeah. which for me it isn't, that's fine as well. And mm. I write in the book about the People philosophy. People struggle with that. Oh, the, and and they, need, they need, I mean, probably better people than me, but they need examples to, to legitimise it. Mm. So I talk about the philosophy of enoughness. Mm. There's a guy called Carl Honoré, I don't know if you've interviewed him, but he, he runs the slow movement. Right. And, you know, going ever faster and getting ever more yeah. might just not be the answer, especially in your third trimester. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it might be for other yeah. people, you know, it, it, my kids have now, I've never ever had a spare bedroom to, to put someone up in my house. Yeah. Right. But I now have. 
Yeah. Right. But what you could say, just just pretend this book is a smash yeah. hit and 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 it makes me ten billion dollars. Yeah. I could buy a bigger house with another bedroom, but I've now actually got more bedrooms than I need yeah. because my kids have moved out. That's right. And if 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 my kids ask the question that your niece did, what car you go? I I don't want. A, a portrait. I mean, perfectly fine if someone yeah. else does, but 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 I don't. It's about the quality of your relationships, the contribution to your community, and being happy in your own skin. So, I've, mm-hmm. I, and again, I've been interviewed by a newspaper recently, and I go, you have to be careful how you write this up because I don't want to be appear to be smug, mm-hmm. and because I'm not, and I'm not, you know. Uh, but the, you know, asking about my balance, like, I've got perfect balance. Mm. That doesn't mean a perfect life. It doesn't know? mean a perfect no challenges. No. But but I'm I'm happy in my own skin. Yeah. If God forbid someone said to me, "You are going to cark it in two weeks," yeah. I would be really pissed off. Mm. But I would have absolutely no regrets. Yeah. If, however, I had spent like, the years from flat forty and fired to now, getting back on the corporate you know, wheel and I was quite good at it and being a success and therefore I'd have a bigger house than I've got and a, and a holiday house and a whatever else and you said you've got two weeks left, I would be crushed and mortified because I might be divorced, I might not know my kids. So I feel like the answer to your mm. the arse hat at your mm. dinner party, I feel like I'm the richest man in the world. Mm. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. That's why it's very important stupid is in the mm. title. It's smart, stupid. I, I believe mm. that life teaches you how to live it. Mm-hmm. Now, at the age of 58, mm-hmm. you are probably smarter than you were at 28. It oh, doesn't sure. mean that you were horrible sure. at 28, but yeah. if you've had, you, you know, you've run companies, yeah. you've set up companies, yeah. you, you, you've, you've learned, you've watched yeah. your mum die, you, you've learned stuff. Yeah. But you're also, even you, right, you also will make mistakes, oh, you'll do sure. things that you regret, you'll embarrass yourself, mm. and that's Good. Mm. Wouldn't it be crap if there was no more learning? No, I, I, I'm looking at my 60. Every time, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we were, if we were permanently yeah. 27? But I, I look at my life. Each milestone, when I write a book every 10 years, I go, brilliant. It's the best time ever. Mm. I, I genuinely think that my 60s mm. will be the happiest decade of my life. That does not mean that I will earn the most. Mm. Or I'll have, I don't know, the more the most attention or the but most status. You, you want less, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, even in business, I have the same philosophy. Do we really need that? Do we really need that account? Do we really need that headache? And sometimes my, my staff will look at me, well, we don't need the money. No, not really. You know, I mean, it's not, it, it, you know, it's it's a great business, but it could be, if I was greedier, it could be, you know, much bigger. But it this is fine. It's fine for now. And also, too, the wisdom of fine for now. You know, maybe if I had this at 40, it would have been very different. Maybe if I'd had it at 30, it's very different. And and that's why I think, I think this book will do really well. The book is called Smart, Stupid and 60, and it's out now. And... Nigel, I think it's it's just remarkable. It's full of wisdom. You're right. We have so much in common, um, even though we haven't seen each other for 20 years. But, you know, I think people should read it and people should stop and think and listen for a while. Don't you think? No, oh, well, thank you. And, and, and so I'm, it's the book I'm most proud of. And then you go, well, that's part of the book where you go, well, you learn stuff. I, I, I'm, that's right. I think I'm probably a little bit wiser than I was when I was... 40, of course. but hey, I'm still stupid. That's why I put it in the title. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's also a laugh and it's Father's yeah. Day and Christmas and thing. But, but I, I, I'm, I just feel blessed that, that Penguin are publishing it. You're talking to me. Yeah. And, and, and what happens, I mean, you know this, is, is I'll get a couple of emails yeah. saying, 
Yeah, I really, sure. I really liked your book, and you go, and that makes me. I mean, I'd like it to be made into a you know intergalactic movie and whatever. But forget that. If I get a couple of emails from someone saying, Nigel, I laughed on the plane to Melbourne. Mm. Oh, and that point you made about so and so made me have a chat with my husband mm. about. I, I, I genuinely mm. am sort of doing a double fist mm. pump, going, my work here is done. Yeah, it made it, me yeah. stop and think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Nigel. Oh, thank you for having me. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere. Or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBook Store. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.